Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. Um, okay. I have all the spots ready to go. Are we ready to go? Uh, yes. Let's go. Okay. And remember the mute button. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, March 11th, 2022. It's just after 3 UTC as we're starting to record. I'm Sam Minter. Yvonne Bo is here. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. I look, I unmuted myself. I know. Good job. I I am so proud you remembered the button. And not only did you remember the button, but I remembered not to remute you once you unmuted. Well, which that, that also helps as well, because that really pissed me off the one time that I did fucking remember to unmute myself. And then Sam goes, and you know what? Just just mutes me again. Uh, anyway, um, our agenda today, to let you know right off the front, we're going to have our but first segment, and we're going to talk about some stuff. And then we're going to do a section on inflation. Now, there's a variety of different aspects of inflation. Inflation. There are, a variety, there are a variety of different okay. aspects of that. Uh, and we fully admit there's a lot of connection to the Ukraine topic, but it seems relevant to talk about separately. And then we will do a segment on the latest Ukraine developments. We didn't quite feel like it was we should do another show that was on nothing but Ukraine. There were a few other things we rejected. Uh, we're... You know, in the last few weeks, while the Ukraine stuff was going on, there was a collapse of the New York case uh, for criminal charges against Trump. Um, the civil case is still being investigated. You know, I guess whatever, you know, it, let's just note it happened and move on. It, it basically relates to uh, the the new DA or whatever doesn't think they have enough evidence not to prove that he did it, but to prove his motivations and intent is an important part of this particular law. We also don't feel like talking about the truckers going around DC because they haven't actually succeeded in disrupting Jack. So like, who cares? Um, apparently Yvonne mentioned John Stewart's running for president or thinking about it or something, or he talked about it. He talked about it. You know, that's not going to happen. So who cares? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we said about Trump. True, true, true. Um, you know, I'm not not sure Jon Stewart would be the best president in the world, but I think he would be better than Trump. Listen, that's a pretty low bar. Listen, exactly. Okay, look, (laughs) I I could take a dump right now, and that probably would make a better president than Donald Trump himself. In large part, to get an inanimate object would do nothing. An inanimate object would do nothing. And yes, I'm having trouble with you know, we both an inanimate, it's that kind uh, yeah. of day. An inanimate object would do nothing, and that would be better than anything Trump did. Yes. Uh, and then the one other thing we are not going to talk about, uh, you know, th- there was, I mean, this actually happened before last week, I guess, the State of the Union, and no one cares, but like a bunch of people were talking about Biden and, and you know, just, and Yvonne points out that once again, 
People are forgetting he's had a stutter in his entire life. So the various things about him substituting wrong words and things like that um, aren't necessarily a sign that he's losing his mind. It's the right. same damn stutter he's had his entire life. Yeah. Um, now, you know, he, he is getting up there. So, you know, but that is not an indication of that. No. Okay. Uh, so we're going to do our butt first first. Now, I will warn, I am going to talk about Apple and I'm going to talk about tech and mine. Uh, do you want to go first, Yvonne? I'll go first because it was something I was going to talk about a couple of weeks ago. And I thought I even shared an article about this and I and I forgot. Okay. Is this is a Rolex. So, yes, it is about that, which I went and I thought I shared the article and I completely, it just flew over my head. So, all right. So we've had this whole thing about there's different shortages and things and you know, that, that there's scarcity and inflation about certain things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I went and I, I regularly daily have worn for the last, uh, 15 years, a Rolex that I bought about 15 years ago. Okay. Specifically a GMT master because, it's an aviation watch originally. I mean, if memory serves correctly, GMT Master was was you know original users for like Pan Am pilots. In order to be able to um, have on their watch, they could be have local time as well as GMT, which airlines ran, run everything on GMT. Right, and say I would agree that that should be the way that everything runs but it's yes. not the case okay speaking, speaking of which we have another time change this weekend but let's not go yes. there right now keep going let's not go there we got <laughs> we got right and so uh it, and actually yes it was de- designed originally in collaboration with pan am precisely to be used by pilots okay um mm-hmm. uh I, my my brothers had them and i really liked them very much okay my father bought them one each i didn't get one I don't know why they got theirs. I really would have liked a gift of one of them, but I digress. Okay. Uh, but, but, and then my, my oldest brother had his stolen at some point because my older brother is kind of a moron, but anyway, that's another story. Um, so, but, so I bought, I, look, I saw, uh, I went to a store and I was going to buy the original one, which had a blue and the, 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 the there's a bezel that allows you to, uh, you know, adjust for the time. Okay. So does it, because there's two hands on, on for the hour and you could move the bezel instead of like, uh, having the hand in one location. So you could, you could use the bezel for the, for those things. And I was going to buy the blue and red, the original one. And then they told me, no, 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 look, there's a brand new one that came out and, uh, and they had it in hiding because they do that kind of like with Rolexes with some of the bearer models. And I had shopped at the store a couple of times for some other watches for my wife. And so they went, they said, no, no, we, we can say this one. It's got, you know, it's got all these things. So I bought that watch and I've, I've, I've worn it pretty regularly for the last 15 years. And I, and I, and I've always worn an automatic watch and I always have a watch on. I cannot look, I've forgotten maybe once not to wear my watch. I basically run back to get it. It's, uh, or I've had to take it off for some reason. Maybe it broke. It drives me crazy. I cannot be a day without a damn watch. And and I don't like uh, the rechargeable ones, battery ones. Look, I like the, the I, I like the I like the Apple Watch, but the mm-hmm. damn thing about taking I don't take them off to sleep. 
And so right. the whole thing about me taking off a watch to sleep just really seems very annoying. Okay. You I don't, don't have want to remember that. to charge the damn thing every day. No, I don't want to have to remember to charge it. The damn watch is, is on motion. You know, motion makes it go. You don't need to charge it. You don't need to anything. And you know, it, it, it always works. So, so I like that. Okay. And so I was taking my watch. You have to take them in to get serviced. Okay. Look, these things need service every once in a while. Uh, you know, I have taken it usually like about every five years. Okay. All right. Um, and, uh, one of the things is service has gotten more expensive. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the service that watch right now is almost a thousand dollars. Okay. For one service on the watch. Okay. Um, but here's the thing about it. So I go to the store and I look at the, the, the display case for Rolex. Okay. And there's like space for like 40 watches in there. There's only like less than 10 on display. Mm. Empty, 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 empty. And I'm like, what the hell? And I remember that my brother the other day had sent me, my brother actually owns the same watch that I have. He bought, he has the old one that he's got, you know, he has saved away, but he bought a newer one. My brother having more money than I did bought the solid gold one. Okay. I, I don't, I actually don't like the gold one, to be honest with you, even if I had the money. Okay. I prefer the stainless steel one. He likes it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that big on that, uh, on that watch in gold, but you know, so he bought it, but, but the, the prices on these things, look, they, well, the reason that the display case was empty is because there's been demand for some reason since the pandemic started. And I don't understand what, how this makes sense. has like gone out of control for Rolexes. And I looked at the other watch brands. It's the others. There were plenty in stock. It, but, it's, it's just all you Russian olig oligarchs. Yes, I exactly. Mean, I was like, oligarchs. But, but let me tell you the crazy thing about the prices. Look, I paid for my watch back in 2000, December 2007, around $7,500 plus tax. Okay. <laughs> like right now, 7,500 bucks. Yeah. If I went to sell it right now, I could get $20,000 for that watch. Okay. Now I I just want to put I, I just before you continue I just want to put out this caveat again because I'm yes. about to talk about expensive computers and you're talking about an expensive freaking watch that these are so so first person upper oh, class yeah. kind of oh, problems yeah. here. It's ridiculous. And for for those of you out there listening who are are not in that position, I apologize right away. And like and I just you know. I I can imagine well, spending thousands of dollars on a computer. I cannot even contemplate <laughs> the notion of spending several thousand dollars well, well, on a you, watch. You think, listen, you think that seventy five hundred? So, so let me tell you something. My brother paid. So, I, look, my brother paid somewhere to. I know people 20, pay much more 20, than that. Listen, but listen, but, listen. But forget about this. Look, my brother paid. Look, the crazy prices we talk about pr prices for used cars and other stuff or whatever. So look. The watch that he paid somewhere over twenty thousand dollars for right now. He told me he was scared to wear it because right now used seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, like I can't imagine. Like I have, I have an Apple Watch I'm wearing. It's it, it, it was it was several hundred dollars, and it's it's already at a limit of anything I would consider but like I, wearing. I'm still trying. Listen, there has not been uh, so so. You're thinking, hey, did Rolex production slow down? Was there a shortage of something? Actually, Ro Rolex is known to be absolutely, they don't even issue press release, only announcements of new products, stuff like that, whatever. 
they actually issued a statement like sometime last year, basically said, look, there's no shortage. We haven't stopped production. We haven't had a problem for whatever the hell reason. Demand is through the roof. And you know what? Listen, we are not upping production because each one of these is handmade delicately in our factory in Switzerland. We don't go and we just don't outsource this. We're not just going to increase production. And so the volume that we produce is the volume that we produce. And we're just not going to go and just flood the market with them. But it's, well, and I brought it up as a first world problem, not because it's even a problem. Okay. All right. It's just a first world situation that I just think that some of the stuff is the world has gone mad. Okay. All right. Literally, because I don't understand what would drive people to these insane, you know, paying all of a sudden three times as much for a damn watch that three, four years ago was only worth, you know, eight, ten thousand dollars, like also twenty plus thousand dollars. And and you get better functionality in a fifty dollar Casio. I don't know about that, but you know, you get um but certainly there's a lot more functions on it. Um, but it, it, it's, but, but, it, no, but no, but it's, it's happening with a lot of products like this. Okay. okay. I just brought out the Rolex example. Because products you know, you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Look, they're uh, car auctions. Okay. I mean, somebody paid $2 million for the Porsche that Tom Cruise drove in the movie Risky Business. Two million dollars. Uh-huh. You could buy one of those right now used for twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And even the price of those has been going through the roof. Okay? For forty, fifty thousand dollars. But somebody paid two million dollars because they wanted the Porsche from the movie Risky Business. And uh-huh. I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, just just I I it's you know. The prices, look, I I was looking at, uh, what the hell's going on with real estate down here in, in like in, in the area and especially in Miami to be precise, because we've had quite a lot of people coming in from California here. Okay. And man, they've driven up the prices of real estate, uh, to, to a place that man, a lot of people just can't even afford to buy anything around here anymore. Um, so, but I, it's just, I, so many damn things that prices are just out of control. Uh, and and it's, and it's people just flocking out there, just, just buying like, like the world is going to end tomorrow, which could be a problem right now with Putin and these Mm -hmm. things, whatever, you know, that could be, that could be it. But, uh, I I just, I, I just, um. I, I was just shocked. Okay. I, I have to admit, I was shocked. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was just shocked. Look, I, I, now understand something. I spent that kind of money on a watch because look, I, my, my watches that I have at home, like three of them, I have one that's 52 years old. Okay. I have another one that's like 40 years old. I have that one that's 15 years old. Okay. They all work. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I mean, probably I intend to keep that watch. I bought it because you know, a digital watch, a lot of times you can't 
you, you look if it dies nobody will fix it. it it'll never whatever well the, the point know? is for the, for that kind of watch i mean i mentioned the 50 dollar cast you know yeah you, you want to buy you, th- you throw it yeah, away well, and buy a new you throw, one you, know? you the, throw the, it away you're you're uh, you're, you're talking the, the, this is something we've talked about before when you've talked about watches you, you the the when you look at watch you're not just saying I want something to tell the time. It's a heirloom. It's something that it's my son. It's an heirloom. It's yeah. jewelry. It's an investment. It's all kinds of things. It's it, not yes, just it's what, tell time. Right. It, it and winds it's not up like, being something that my son, when he's older, I'll probably give to him and he'll he'll use and he'll have it, you know, for 30, 40 more years or whatever, you know? And, and meanwhile, you know, I do have an Apple Watch. It's not to tell time. I use my phone to tell time. The, the Apple Watch is to measure the exercise stuff. It's to give me a way to look at messages when I don't want to pull up my phone. I've, you know, it, 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 it's the functionality. I could give a shit what it looks like. I could give a shit like if it lasts a few years because I fully expect it'll be obsolete and I'll buy a new right. one in a, in a while. It's about the functionality, not about anything else. Um, I like the ticking, you know, that I mentioned that I like yeah, the ticking. Yeah. You, I you like, like the I mechanical. Like the, yeah, and I again, like, so like it's like what a watch is to you is an entirely different thing than what it is to me. Yeah, but I, and I know, and it, and it, and it's not to a lot a lot of people. And I'm like, you know, whatever. I, I just, but but I just thought, it, I, I I look, I I I I'm gonna tell you flat out that if I went to right now, I wouldn't buy one at those prices. I I, I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. I just wouldn't buy, have one. Flat out, I'm out. No, <laughs> I'm not paying. You know, for the honestly, for a brand for the for the latest model of the one that I have, like right now, I think it's twenty five because of the shortage of how bad it is. I think it's like twenty five thousand dollars, so it's triple the price. No, mm-hmm. I'm out. Nope, not happening. No way. Not even. Not 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 even remotely ever going to happen. Uh, it, it, it's just you know, uh, just insane. I, I I just don't know what the you know what the make of this i i don't i don't know why people just seem to be uh just buying so much more stuff does that make sense yeah what and I'm maybe saying? that ties into the inflation conversation we're going to have later and you know money sloshing around in the pandemic environment and by the way i i, I i'm sorry else. i was wrong not twi- for for a brand new one of the the latest model of it Okay, if you wanted to buy that one, <laughs> shit, twenty six thousand four hundred dollars. Twenty six thousand. What the bloody hell? There you go. Okay, so anyway, my turn. Yes. Um, so I, th- this is an update on my Speaking of other first world problems. Exactly. N- and again, not just a first world problem, a first world <laughs> problem with people that are, uh, the, the, you're on the upper end of the income scale. Okay. And you know, I don't, I, I don't usually like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 1%. I think, I think we're 3%, like two or three. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah, somewhere for me, there. you're now you're probably 1%, but I know like no, two no, or three no. we're, we're proud. You know, it's like the same, you know, whatever we're to, you know, 1% not, right I'm, now is like $500,000 a year or whatever, you know, now we're, we're, listen, whatever it is and, and the global scale, 
we're on the oh, top one percent. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're, on the we're, global scale, we're on the top like tenth of a percent or something. Yes, bullshit. exactly. So whatever, you, know, like, you know. Yeah, and 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 look, I, 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 I know. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I, because I recognize that most people like this. Even having this conversation is like you fucking entitled twat, you know. Um, but. <laughs> Anyway. Look, you are entitled to have a few guilty pleasures that you do in your life. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. You're not, you know, I, I you know, and one of them happens to be some freaking computers. And, you know, okay, so what are you going to do, Sam, about so, your computer? So, 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 well, let, 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 me, let me review. I had an iMac that was five plus years old that I was looking to replace at any time. Uh, I was waiting for Apple to come out with the new 27-inch version of their M1-based Macs. Um, they came out with an, an iMac at a smaller size uh, last year, and I was like, ah, that's not the one I want. I want, like, I've had a 27-inch screen for years and years and years. I don't want to go smaller. Um, and so I was waiting for them to release that. But then my 27-inch iMac started having more and more and more reliability problems. Mm -hmm. uh, it went through phases where it was crashing every few minutes and having trouble booting. I went through a whole bunch of rigmarole even to get it working at all again, uh, you know, moving the stuff to another drive and blah, 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 blah. And it still, it didn't really fix it. So all of the stuff I did probably didn't actually help very much because like that wasn't the problem. Um, but you know, it, it's it's very sporadic, let's say. It sometimes will go and work just fine for days and days in a row, and then it'll decide that it's done and will be crashing every five minutes for the next couple days and then reverse. So it was basically no longer a viable, usable platform because I couldn't count on it. Even though it worked some of the time, I could not count on it. So... They had not come out with the new computers I wanted yet. And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't wait any longer. I have to get something. So I got myself a bottom-of-the-line Mac Mini, the cheapest one they had available uh, in order to, quote-unquote, hold me over. Um, and there, there are a couple things, too. If, if I'd wanted to beef up the Mac Mini, like if I'd wanted to get like a high-end Mac Mini instead of a low-end Mac Mini, I actually would have had to wait because of the supply right. chain stuff. This yes. was also the one that I could get like same day, you know? And right. I was like, I need something now. I can't like order something that'll be here in weeks, you know? Um, so I got the Mini. Um, and uh, And then now this week... Apple did not announce the 27-inch iMac that I wanted. However, what, However. They, they, what they did announce is probably an indication that the 27-inch iMac I want may not be coming anytime soon, maybe not ever. Right. Uh, be, because what they've done is they released a new line of computers that is more powerful than a Mac Mini and less powerful than a Mac Pro. Well, temporarily, like the high end of this thing is is faster than a Mac faster Pro. than a Mac Pro. Yes, um, but it, it's an in between model um, that uh, that when paired with the new monitor they also released 
if you add those two together, you're in the same ballpark that I expected the 27 inch iMac to be in. Um, you know, and within the, you know, you, you can go up and down on options on all of these things, but you're, you're in the same ballpark when you add those two together. Right. So it's kind of like they're saying, look, if you're going higher end like this, it, the all in one isn't probably what you really want anyway. Cause as people have pointed out with the all in ones all the time, you often want to upgrade the computer while the screen part of it is still working fine. Right. You know? And so they basically broke the thing into two pieces. Uh, and um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> this new Mac, the Mac Studio, uh, is probably the level of power that was being expected in the 27-inch iMac. Uh, maybe it might be even a little bit higher. Like there's still right. some argument of like, you know, is there an area that's in is there still something in between where the Mac mini is and this new Mac studio is like, uh, but they introduced this, they introduced the new screen uh, together. Th this thing is incredibly tempting for me. Um, but now I'm going through this thing where like, okay, if I hadn't got this stupid Mac mini a couple months ago, <laughs> I'd probably be like, okay, okay. This is yeah, you would have already configured your order and it'd be in the book. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yes. Another it is it is in the part of my annual monetary cycle. Like um March is you may, not may wait a until month three. Yeah, you may I, wait until uh, taxes or something. Yeah, right. yeah. Like I, I usually March is usually a relatively tight time of the year. Um, you know, I could still pull things out of savings and stuff and get but you know, in terms of cash flow, I prefer not to buy things in like the the, oh, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's certain times a year that are better than others. Let's just put right. it that way. Um, and so like April or May is better for me than March. So I might wait a little while anyway, but um, I would have, I'd be definitely, I'd be like, no question about it. I want this thing. Let's configure the options I want. And, you know, maybe I'll wait a couple weeks to pull the trigger, but I'm definitely getting this damn thing. Um, now I'm having the guilt thing that says, okay, look, I bought this Mac mini, like and by the way it uh, works and it works. It's the bottom of the line Mac mini. And it um, works better than your old computer. <laughs> it, it still, it still works significantly better than my old computer. It, you know, I, am, I, I am somewhat cramped on it. We get, because getting the bottom of line, I didn't have as much storage as I would like. I don't have as much memory as I would like a few other things, but I can't say that I have yet been stopped from doing something I wanted to do. Everything where I was like, I well, want there to. There was one thing. Yeah, what was that? But but that but that wasn't they cape it, it was there was a well the fact that call recorder did not work on it. But that oh, was yeah. not a capability issue. That was a design issue because of the new processors and the people that make the software decided, well, not we're not gonna process. recompile it. We're not gonna recompile it for the new processors. Yeah, and, and and frankly, I looked around, found other solutions, found something else right away. So like it has not stopped me that of the things that I do on a regular basis, not a single one has been like, oh, crap, I can't do it on this computer. Now, right. would a more capable computer do it faster? Sure. Would Probably. a more capable computer um, not have some of the limitations? Like, like there's... Um, uh, you know, I, I have to think about... Like, like right now, I have 
software on for the 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 audio editing I do for the podcast. If I also wanted software for the the video editing that I've sometimes done with my son or whatever, I'd have to think about do I have space on this drive? Do I have to get an external drive to put it on? Do I have to do the I I'd have to think about my constraints a bit more. And I wasn't able to as I think I mentioned on the show, I wasn't able to just move over my entire email archive because I've got gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes well terabytes of stuff you know terabytes. So what are you talking about gigabytes yeah terabytes i I, th- I think my email archive is like half a terabyte or something i don't know anyway um i could be wrong um but uh in any case i got lots of stuff i you know and and so i do feel constrained on this one but i look at it as well and like well you know I probably like if now that I'm doing this with a mini, a higher end mini would probably work for me. Do I really need this new Mac studio thing? Uh, I probably don't need it. And so I have to go through this sort of mental. Uh, Sam, Let me me be clear about this. None of us need any of this shit, but (laughs) yeah, you don't need your Rolex. I don't need the the higher end computer. I could live with the lower end if I had to. Um, you know, and, and you know, there are a couple of the, the mini does have some limitations. Like I want to get back to driving three monitors off my computer. It can only do two. You know, the Mac studio can drive four monitors plus a TV. So a total of five screens. <laughs> now, now, do I want to do that? No, I probably wouldn't go more than three, but <laughs> But but you could caveat it. Caveat it. I probably won't go more than three. Probably, you know. Yeah. Um. And 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 look. And and, you know, when I buy a computer, I usually buy as much as I can afford, with the theory that it will last me the longest possible if I do that. Um. And so, yeah, I, I. I'm probably going to get this Mac studio thing. And I, there are some questions about which configuration I get. And, you know, and also they brought up the, the, the new monitor, which is a very nice 5k monitor with a nice camera and nice audio and blah, blah, blah. And of course it costs way more than sort of a quote unquote normal monitor, which I think the standard is like 4k or something now, but you know, I, it, it costs more, I know. you it's know, like- I know, it, but it's a really nice monitor. And I, so <laughs> I figure, you know, like if I was to do this, I'd get the studio and the nice monitor. And that's, that's the same as me getting the iMac I had wanted to get. Um, and then, you know, and, and so I'm doing the same thing as was my original plan. It's just the fact that I spent a little bit extra money on this stupid mini because my other computer didn't make it long enough to get to here. Um, now I have a whole plan on what I would do with the mini, Uh, Because I still have on my old computer, I have a whole bunch of hard drives hung off it as sort of a file server. Well, it doesn't even function very well. But I got to tell you something. Here is a very interesting thing that I just saw about Apple Care for these new computers. Okay. All right. Yes. Which to you would have been uh, a godsend. Okay. Well, if you decided to do longer. Yes, as a matter of fact, I just saw that they are offering now annual coverage until canceled for $59.99 Wait, on what? a Mac. There has to be some limit. They can't let you do this for I, 20 I years think, or something. If, if you choose annual coverage under it, you acknowledge and agree that the plan will automatically renew every year unless and until canceled. 
Yeah, but usually they still put a maximum number. Well, of at years some point, that. at some point, usually you know they 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 do it until it's end of life, end of support. Uh, and usually they, uh, you know, because I, you know, they, uh, if at some point they end of life the product, uh, and they say there will be no more parts, then that would be the time. Mm, yeah. I am sure that that's what they are. That's what they 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 will say. But I, I'm looking at the learn more. But that's I I you don't I see mean, a time limit. I no, I don't. Uh, that's it. That, that's interesting. That's definitely interesting because, like, if they, if I, uh, you know, and like I said, I didn't even take in my six-year-old iMac to be looked at because, right. like, it was. It's I mean, out of I could, support. I could it's, this. I could have them look at it. It's out of Apple Care, but I could. It's out of it Apple Care, right? Know. Well, and and the thing is, I was still trying to use it, and even when I had the Mini, I still had some stuff hung off it, and blah blah blah. But anyway, the the so the thing I will have to decide on the Apple Studio or on the Mac Studio, uh, if I get one, is exactly what options I want. And uh, we, you know, on the Curmudgeons Corner Slack, we had some discussion about this. These things are getting ridiculous in terms of how high you can go with the options. Mm-hmm. Like I used to, and I've mentioned this on the show every couple of years when I've replaced a computer, my philosophy was try to max out everything or at least as much as you can possibly afford because that will maximize how long you can use the damn thing before you start feeling like it's getting old and creaky and needs to be replaced, you know? Right, so, right, right. so yeah, add more memory, add more hard drive, add the, get the highest chip you can get. But at this point, like the, the range on this studio from the base model to fully maxed out goes from $2,000 to $8,000. And, okay. and you can like crank the sucker up yeah. so high that like, <laughs> You know, yes, if I was an actual, you know, video editing professional that was doing like many hours a day doing really intense tasks, I'm sure I would need that. But like for what I actually do, I'm like, is it nice to be able to say, hey, you've got the fastest freaking chip out there and you've got everything maxed out? Sure. But yeah, and, and previously, if I did that max everything out strategy, by the end of four or five years, I ac- actually was using everything because the software ramped up its expectations for what you need over the course of that time. Now I'm starting to feel like I could, if I max this thing out, I don't know if I'd ever use that power before the right. thing was dead, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm first of all of course maxing it out at the eight thousand dollar price tag starts like making my head explode because after all it's not like it's a watch you know right but but but, um but you know i i i i I probably bump up a little bit from the minimum model but i'm not going to go up all the way and like one of the things they introduced is this new m1 what was it? The max? No, not the max. There was the, the there was the yeah, ultra, the M1, the ultra, ultra, max, and ultra. Right, max exactly. and ultra. The the max has already been in other Apple machines, um, and is a very capable machine. The ultra is basically two maxes stuck together, um, and doubles all kinds of things, and just gives you like insane performance on everything. And on the one hand, I'm thinking like, well, at least should I get like the best chip? Well, that 
make that bumps it from two thousand to four thousand right away. Oh, yeah. Before you even do anything, it's a yeah, it's a two thousand dollar upcharge from the base chip to the to the other chip. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, and what would I actually use that for? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like, I want it because it's cool. Would I actually use it? No. Uh, they killed SETI at home. Maybe we could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crunching um, more freaking, you know, radio signals. Mine some Bitcoin or something. No. It, well, that, not, there you go. It's not even good enough for that. But, yeah, it, well, I don't know. It, it, you still need, well, at this point, you need huge well, farms is, to make any money on Bitcoin. Yeah, well, but, yeah. And the thing <coughs> is, that, you know, the, 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 the chips are specifically, for you know, they, they yes, like the GPUs yes. that are specifically very efficient at doing yes, that. Yes, yes. Anyway, I, I'm just joking about that. But the point is, um, yeah, I look at this and I'm like, I, for, I, I guess this was a little bit true last time I replaced a computer. But it's really true now. It's like you, you okay. have to I think have about read really through doing. the terms and conditions of the new Apple annual plan, and there is there it doesn't it it doesn't it, it it's very clear it it's until you cancel it. No, it doesn't. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I think I've probably rambled on long enough about this, especially for those of you out there who hate Apple. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, between between me on this and Yvonne on the watch, you know, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> if, if, if if there's anybody left, we'll talk about inflation. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, nobody, everybody already. Is that but, it, the, but look, these, it's a really sweet looking computer. Assholes. It's a really nice computer. It's going to it's going to be such, you know, even compared to the, 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 the little mini <laughs> I just got, it's going to be a blow it out of the water compared oh, to the computer yeah. I was operating on before the mini. It's and like not screen, even in the same Sam, universe. Listen, listen, no, the screen, Sam, the screen. Look, yes. that display, I saw those displays at the store. Look, I mean, it's... What, wait, you went, like, since they announced it this week? You've seen I, the I new saw, ones? No, no, no. I you saw, saw the, the previous version. One. Yes, the previous studio one. Okay, My God, yeah. Sam. I mean, that, that, that display is just... I mean, it's unreal. I mean, I. It, it's just, <laughs> these Apple displays are look so damn good. I mean, that is why that's worth that much money. Yes. Okay. Right. You know, and, yeah. but me, meanwhile, at the same time, I'm like, you know, look, I'm already reducing the resolution on my fucking screen because my eyes aren't what they used to be. And I need to, I need the stuff to be bigger to see it. There, There you is know? a way to solve that. <laughs> Get new eyes. No glasses. I'm wearing glasses. Damn it. No, I have glasses for just looking at the computer specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have the like, the kind that are variable depending on what no, you're No, 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 no. I have ones that I only that wear when I'm looking at the computer. I understand. I understand. That are specifically adjusted for me to be able to look at the computer just perfectly. From the right distance apart. Correct. Away and all that. Yes. Kind of yeah, I, yes. I understand what you're saying. I understand. It is so much better than any of those other glasses. Yeah, yeah. In, in any case, my point is just... Yes, it's a really nice screen, but do I really need the really nice screen? Just like everything else, no, I don't need it. Do I want it? Yes. <laughs> but do I need it? No. It's no. kind of like my watch, basically. But, same thing. But, you know, and, and, and again, like, the thing is with the monitor, well, I too. Will admit, I will admit that the, my watch is actually more expensive and does a lot less. Yes. Well, also with the monitor, just like, you know, 
you can replace the computer and the monitor, you know, the, the computer might be good for five or six years. The monitor might be good for 12. That's right. It's a very good point. You know, so, uh, except of course, by the end of 12 years, we'll all probably have like, you know, smell of vision monitors or something, you know, or we'll be under six feet of water or, or nuclear yeah, winter that. or something. And, well, a, 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 a couple months ago, we saw an article about this person who'd done like the taste monitors that you could lick. And yeah, no, the... no, thank you. No? no, thank you. No, I'm out. I mean, remember Steve Jobs way back when OS OS 10 came out for the first time was all about how lickable the interface was. <laughs> it looked like candy. Yes, I, yes, it looked like candy. I do remember that. Yes. <laughs> Okay, uh, enough, enough, enough. We will take a break. We will be back. We will talk about inflation, uh, gas, food, all kinds of other things. We will be back right after this. And after now, we finish chasing the rest of any of the listeners, you know, (laughs) we are now going to talk about inflation, if anybody's left listening. Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Yvonne. So let's talk about the various aspects of inflation and how much of it is tied to Ukraine versus how much of it is tied to pandemic versus, versus any other factors that may be out there. Well, the official inflation metric for the, you know, uh, the, the, there was an announcement today for, I guess it was uh, first quarter inflation uh, for the fiscal year, if I remember. Worse uh, since like 1982 or something, right? Uh, yeah, was it 7.9% on an annualized basis? Um uh, uh, you know, one of the things is that, uh, the, the big factors impacting the metric, uh, were fuel, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, food now how, you know, housing expense used car prices were actually down, even though, you know, I, I was talking about car prices earlier soaring and there's been certain things easing, but the, but the metric came in at expectations at the moment. Um, and it really didn't have any real significant impact from uh ukraine at at that moment uh well from okay. when the metric was was uh from when the metric reading was um so but, so that's uh, yet to come so for next month it, we're gonna see that stuff right correct uh it, it, it let me let me check for the tracking period that it was announced today uh <clears throat> because i, w- I want to make sure uh, which time period we're talking about? Seven point nine percent jump from a year earlier. It was February. Okay, so yeah, so um, th- so that was the February. That was for the month, not for quarter. So I wanted to correct that. It wasn't. Yet, they were tracking monthly inflation. So it, it so, included um, the very beginning of the Ukraine stuff. Correct. Um, uh, 
But look, the the one thing that you know, this is the inflation from what we were talking about before we had a fucking war. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So for the most part, this was the number that was predicted. Um, you know, so that's so that's that's you know that that's what that is. Uh, but I think, look, the the thing that is causing everybody more of a shock than anything else is gas. Look, it's right. it's the gas price. There's just nothing else that is a bigger headline that anybody on social media, that anybody anywhere is paying attention to more than the price of gasoline. And really, the price of gasoline soared on on the war. Right. Bottom line, it, it just took off, uh, uh, you know, like crazy. Um, gasoline prices right now are close to whatever the heck the historic high we've ever had, which if I remember correctly, inflation adjusted was, it was back in the seventies and then we had it around 2008. Um, so, but I'm just, the thing about the, the gasoline price right now is there has not been any cutbacks or any, there hasn't been a supply disruption. Okay. Hmm. At this moment. Well, we're, we're, we're going to uh, buy Russian oil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of that has taken place. A, a lot. Russian oil is, of course, like a relatively small percentage of the imports of it, into, of the US. US. into the like U.S. It's a big deal in Europe, but in, in the U.S. it's like Over 15%. here it had zero. It, 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 well, it, not even. Uh, it, 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 it was it, Russian oil as part of the U.S. consumption. We only bought certain oils specifically to mix with other stuff. Okay. Mm. That, that there was a, there was a certain blend of Russian oil that we were bringing in, but the United States doesn't need, you know, North America doesn't need that production to meet its oil needs. Right. Okay. Um, you know, they they were just buying the, the only reason they were buying that Russian oil is because there was a certain blend that was, that was useful for certain things. Okay. And there were, you know, uh, there were substitutes that you could get. Um, uh, so, so that wasn't, it, it, it's not impactful in terms of, uh, supply in North America. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's the total is they say about 8%. Okay. That they said okay. that uh, w- w- was coming from that, but, but at the same, but, but like I mentioned, it's not that it wasn't, um, replaceable. Okay. Right. Uh, in, in that way. Um, so, you know, the, whatever issues are happening with the price, it, it, it's not related to that because one of the things about the supply of oil in the world, um, and, and wait a minute, 8% of our imports. Right. Okay. So not even of our consumption. That was what I was saying before of our consumption is, uh, hell not nowhere even near that. Okay. Um, so it's just a tiny amount of the, of the, of the crude oil that we need. Okay. Um, so that, that's not what's had an impact. I mean, what's had more an impact is just the, uh, you know, the fear like right Right. now, because there just hasn't been any supply disruptions at the moment and there's just been a lot of speculation of what's going on with the supply well there's anticipation that there might be problems in the future right and so people Uh, are scared right people are scared and that's what's been driving the price up now some people have been saying well the problem is that the biden administration went and decided to 
to stop production in the U.S., which isn't true. Uh, I mean, the they they were not going to uh, give out more oil leases on public lands in the United States, and they were restricting, you know, new wells. But anything that had been awarded wasn't canceled. Right. Okay? And the administration has pointed out in response to some of this criticism that there's tons of leases out there that are that used. Are, that are not being used right now at all. So the oil and, companies and, and, have plenty of room to increase capacity given existing leases. They don't have to give and, out any new ones. And, and look, there is still oil production in the U.S. had not fully recovered from what happened in 2020 when the price of oil went negative. Right. And a number of companies that were making oil went belly up because they couldn't, they couldn't afford it. I mean, negative price made them go bankrupt. They had to shut down their production. Maybe there were smaller companies, but but people shut down wells because and restarting well is a difficult process, okay? And wells had to be shut down because we didn't couldn't store the damn oil anywhere. There wasn't a place to store the goddamn oil. Okay? Mm. Our demand had dropped so much, we didn't know what the fuck do we we were putting it on ships, we were storing it wherever the hell you could find a damn spot for it, okay? So right, and and all this is because demand dropped because pandemic, and everybody was staying home, and all of this kind of stuff, right. and right, yeah, and 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 demand has been coming back, and the demand has been coming back over the last last couple of years, but production had been, you know, producers were, and I get it. I mean, well, if you're bankrupt, you're you're not going to restart producing. You you went out of business, and so. So that that's an issue. North Americas also have had a supply uh, decline in, in large part due to Venezuela. Okay, uh, because Venezuela uh, over the last decade has lost about what's the percentage? If boy, uh, about eighty percent of their oil production has has been has has basically disappeared mm. for the last over the last twenty years. Venezuela used to produce over three million barrels of oil uh, a day. Right now, they're at about $500,000, and even that's barred from coming into the U.S. Uh, the Chinese have been buying it up, basically, um, but and it, because they've been, you know, uh, you know, China has had a very aggressive foreign policy in Latin America where they've made some massive investments in a lot of countries. When you go to when you go to a lot of, you know, you go to Buenos Aires or Brazil or Venezuela or Peru, you see quite a lot of Chinese companies uh, invested there, okay. uh, and they had been purchasing a lot of those products. And so, even though we had banned it, it'd been going over there. So, in the end, but what does that mean? If China's buying the Venezuelan oil, they're not going to be buying the freaking Saudi Arabian oil. So, whatever. It, it, look, it, it balances out in the end. Okay, it's not like this is you know it, the 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 market is a market that you know if you don't buy it from one place, you're going to buy it from another place. Now. The other the, the issue with oil supplies also is that many times the, the 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 oil itself different grades of the oil like for example the Venezuelans had a lot of trouble with selling their oil because it's a very heavy crude oil okay and that crude oil originally they had you know they owned Citgo in the United States and they had mm -hmm. set up those refineries to be able to process their very heavy oil but. With their production coming down, sanctions on Venezuela, a whole bunch of stuff and whatever, basically they, they wound up having to sell most of that to, to China. And whatever they do with Citgo in the U.S. is using other oil at this point. Uh, so 
So the so the market isn't completely like uh, you know there is some friction in the market. It's not like oh I'm gonna stop buying this oil. Let me just buy it from Russia. Or let me buy it from these people. No, because maybe your refinery is not set up to receive it. You can't use it. It's a different grade. There there the, in the U.S. There's also certain regulations related to the oil uh, that is imported that it has to meet in order to meet clean air standards. Okay, that there are certain uh, uh, grades of oil that cannot be used for gasoline production. And so that also limits uh, where you can import uh, certain oil. I know that uh, uh, about this because there was a case in Puerto Rico where uh, the the apparently somebody had, had forged the certificates uh, okay. to purchase oil from Brazil that did not meet the standards, okay? And hmm. so that couldn't be used in the United States to use it for energy production. And so... So, so, so these are the things that are happening where, you know, you've got certain people saying, oh, we're going to buy banned a Russian oil. So China's going to buy all of it. Well, look, if China starts buying all of the Russian output, well, they're going to have to stop buying oil from somebody because they don't have, they can't buy the Russian output and keep buying from everybody else. What are they going to do with all the oil? Shove it up their ass. I mean, they don't have room for it. Okay. So at this point, the thing is that whatever is happening with the price of gasoline and oil is more a reflection of fear than any supply disruption, okay, that we have had. There's just hasn't happened. It's not like like the Arab oil embargo, okay? It's not like during the Gulf War, for example, where when we attacked uh, you know, Iraq, well, that production went offline, okay? So they they couldn't ship the uh, ship that oil. I mean, or Kuwait, for example, mm -hmm. that oil basically couldn't be shipped. I mean, you know, there there was a war. The the you know they that production got it went offline. So so it's not those situations right now. This is one hundred percent driven on fear, and I, I don't expect that it it can last. Okay, uh, so how much it surged. So you're thinking this is actually, you know. When people talked about transient inflation before, you think this actually is a short-term transient spike in gas and it'll sort of go back yes. down again and relatively plus, soon? And, and Yes. And plus, here's the other thing that happens with this. Doesn't with, that with at least depend of, on sort of how this war works out and what else happens here? Well, or well it, it may be, it, it may, may be, you know, it may be, it, it may be the whole year. It may be months. It depends on how this, uh, the war works out. But, but, but eventually... It, it, it can't, the, the spike isn't sustainable because what happened, even if you go back, I go back I mean, to this, the oil this is, shock in the 19th This the is 1970s. one of the things though, just in general on inflation where people got in trouble for saying transient is it, it's a very different thing to say it's transient for a month versus it's transient for a year versus well, but it's there, transient for a, five years, but eventually we'll get over it, right? Well, no, 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 but but I don't think it, it, it can stay at the level it is right now in terms of like, you know, it, it, Un, un, if there is no supply disruption, which there hasn't been so far, it can't stay at this price without any supply, it, unless unless something else happens that disrupts supply. At this well, point, I, 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 we're but, having but it, just a fear-based one without right, any but it's supply fear disruption. of that disruption, right? Like, so what are the Correct. chances of there actually being a disruption? You think it's small? I think it's small because I don't see how, you know, you just... It, it, say the worst case that, you know, uh, we stop buying EU and the U.S. starts stops buying Russian oil. OK, um, it it's going to go somewhere. Somebody's going to buy it. OK, 
And whoever's going to buy it, they're going to stop buying some other oil because they're going to discount it and they're going to go out and say, hey, why don't I go to the Chinese and say, okay, we'll sell it to you 20% off. Okay, well, they're going to buy it, but then they can't keep buying the oil from wherever the hell they're buying it. So they're going to be saying, okay, well, okay, I got to sell this oil so, uh, to somewhere, okay? Maybe they'll buy it, but then they'll resell it. You understand what I'm saying? This this is a zero-sum game to a certain extent in terms of the oil supply. Unless mm. there is a supply disruption that somebody, you know, Russian refineries get online and, and Putin decides to hoard the oil. Right. As they've been saying about... You know, they've been talking about that that Putin wanted to cut the gas supply to to Europe. Okay? In mm -hmm. retaliation. Okay. But I know that for Putin, this is also a very difficult thing because the same thing is with the oil. You know, the the gas just doesn't stop coming out. What is he right. gonna do with all this fucking gas? Well, they they, they are also talking about this because uh, it just to move beyond well. I do want to move beyond oil to uh, the to food side because people are talking as well about uh, the amount of grain on the worldwide market that comes from Ukraine. Well, and you, Russia. well, Ukraine, well, Ukraine, you know, has an impact on the grain market. But I, I'm going to tell you something. I really think that a lot of the stuff, while some food prices have gone a little bit up, okay, whatever is going on with food is. It's a it's a relatively minor impact that I've seen. And I've been shopping for a lot of food. Well, well no, but the, 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 to, the stuff to, they're talking. Wait, the, the stuff they're talking about on grain is not current. It's future. Like the current. Yeah, harvest yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. But, but what are. people are talking about, what people, but what people are bitching about, which is we're talking real live bitching is my God, the supermarket is super expensive right now. I can't afford no, no, to I, buy. I, I, uh, yeah, right. I, I, I was trying to get into something else that people are talking about, which is the potential that, you know, Ukraine does not have a harvest this year at all. They apparently have a significant portion of the world market. So that may disrupt sort of grain and food supplies worldwide. To, well, yeah, like with everything, including oil. One of the things that happens with, with, with these things, either prices go up, but the other thing that happens all the time is product substitution. Okay. Right. Which is the subject that I wanted to get in terms of uh, a specific, uh, with with oil. What keeps with with any of these? Okay. Eventually, if the price goes up that much, that dramatically, people wind up substituting. Okay. Whatever the substitute products it, it, it is, right. either you start. Oh, uh, so oh, so th this kind of grain. This is more expensive. Well, let me buy this other let me stuff. Look at rice. Maybe. Okay, right. You maybe I'll buy rice. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do something else that is just not as expensive. But they will go to substitute products. And it's the same thing as it happens with oil consumption or whatever. Well, maybe people will start considering, like I heard people, well, maybe I, I'll carpool that I didn't do. Well, maybe is one thing that I that I said. You might have at this moment probably the biggest boon to the conversion to electric cars that you ever mm -hmm. wanted is right now in hand. Okay. Well, and and th this, you this know? depends on it. Does it actually last? Like you said, like if, the, if there's a spike for a couple months, nobody's going to significantly right. change long-term behavior. If Correct. we end up with elevated gas prices for a year plus, that's long enough that people change their buying habits. And they, exactly. anybody who needs a new car is going to take that seriously into account during that time period. But what we've seen before, of course, is we have these shocks. People start buying more fuel efficient 
cars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It does last it, for a few years. It, it, but look, I, I'm going to tell you that the effect in 2008 specifically, okay? Yeah. I will, I will give you the best example about this, okay? In 2008, when oil was the last time that it reached over $4 a barrel, Small car sales in the U.S. actually soared. And as a matter of fact, Chevy, for example, had a model in the market called the Chevy Cruze, okay, mm -hmm. all right, which they had at the market at the time. In, in 2008, around when this happened, okay, Cruze sales in the, U, in, in, in the U.S., okay, they sold, uh, they went to 2011, 230,000 Chevy Cruises, okay, all right, 230,000. By, by the time that they discontinued the car in 2019, 2019 uh, sales had dropped to about 50,000, okay, uh, of the cars. They they basically, it it, it really resulted in, in, in like people buying them. But as, but as they got used to, but prices came down relatively quickly of gas around that time. So in a few years later, you know what? Chevy discontinued the Cruze, Ford discontinued the Ford Focus. Because it wasn't, it, it, they weren't, they, they weren't popular. It, it, it just happened, but it did create a spike. I mean, you're talking about GM that basically struggled to sell small cars, selling a quarter million of these damn things. Okay. Well, and all right. Th th this is one of the things too. Like, I, I mean, you know, people are all like wringing hands about, you know, the high gas prices. And I understand I, I, I had sticker shock the last time I filled up my tank myself. Uh, I whined about it on the curmudgeons corner slack, but. You know, if you were actually prioritizing the environmental concerns and trying to really kickstart the transition to more sustainable fuel, et cetera, you would want a situation where the price of oil was constantly ramping up forever. Well, which is what we so said. That, now, the thing is that it happened in like one month, but you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you what, what you'd want, like if, if you were trying to design this as a centrally controlled, you know, measure and we all know the problems with doing that but yes you you would you would slowly ramp the price of oil over the course of a number of years so that people would build into their expectation that hey gas and other types of oil products are going to be more expensive every year than the year before so I better start looking into alternatives and I better take that into account in what I'm thinking about. And why don't I look at this cheaper thing over here? Because my all electric car is going to cost me a shitload less money than buying this huge ass SUV. Right. And, and you know, and, and that, that would be what you would want. And look, th this kind of stuff does work. Okay. All right. Look, I, I just, the other day I was talking, I think we talked about smoking. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. We talk, it, it how few people smoke. Look, I got to tell you something. I stopped the other day and I saw the price of a pack of cigarettes for whatever it was. <laughs> I, oh, I went with somebody. I mean, shit, no wonder they don't smoke anymore. Holy shit. A pack of cigarettes is expensive right now. It's well, and $10. That, yeah. And that was, a, a you know, in, in the anti-smoking campaign, there were all kinds of taxes added onto them. There was all kinds of wall-to-wall -wall anti-smoking messaging. There was the prohibition on advertising. There was, you know, there was a massive effort to reduce smoking in society. And it freaking worked. But I got to tell you that I know, and I talked to some people that took at, total at least until the vaping thing took off for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but, but I got to tell you, look, the price is definitely a deterrent. 
No yeah. doubt about it. I mean, you know, when you're talking about, I remember was talking to, you know, my wife at some point, I think spoke two packs a day. Look, when she was in college, let me tell you something, two packs a day at $25 for two freaking packs. You're a college student. Let me tell you, I mean, that's worse than being on cocaine. I mean, what the hell? Holy shit. I mean, forget it. I mean, you're talking about spending $500 a month on freaking cigarettes, 600. Yeah. I mean, a college student can't afford that. So anyway, you don't think we're actually going to have a long-term price of gas issue that will last long enough to change everybody's behavior? I mean, unless there is some kind of freaking supply disruption. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm saying is that you, you have two scenarios. I, I think the most likely one is that, that, that the prices as quickly as they've spiked up, they will start coming back down. Okay. In some way. I just don't see because, because but, there, there but, is, but but just to be clear, you you are very fuzzy on the time frame here. Like you're saying, it could oh, be a I'm year. It this could year. be a few I'm talking before the end of this year. Okay. okay, I mean they'll come back to about the range where they were. I I, I do think so, um, uh, unless there is some kind of this <laughs> supply disruption or this war escalates, which is a big massively. caveat because of course those things might happen. But you think the chances are low. Let's say, you know, I think that at some point over the next, oh boy, I'm making a prediction. (laughs) I I think that this war will be over in some way, like in the next 60 days. Mm. You don't think this is going to drag out years? No, I think this is 60 to 90 days tops. Which, which might be a good time to transition, to take a break and transition into talking about all of the about other the war. war related stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, I, I just think the one thing is just, you know, people are having a sticker shock bottom line about all, all the, these things. But I think people, you know, it's just the shock. But at the same time, with inflation and incomes where they are, the percentage of what people spend on this is a lot less than it used to be. And I, I, I think that people are just looking at it because they've been so used to a certain price and all of a mm-hmm. sudden from one day to the next, it just soared. And it, yeah, it was I, a I very rapid, big, it was a change. very rapid climb. This was, I mean, I have to admit that I have climb over the course of months and months and months. This was I, within the space of a week or so. It was very noticeably different. I have yet to have to fuel up my car since the war started. Uh, the last time I fueled up my car was on the Jesus on the 19th of February. And it's not because I've driven little, I think I've, I've driven about 800 miles since then. Uh, but I've been driving a lot of short distances, almost entirely on electric. So I, bear, I, I still well, have, and, a and, you know, I, I don't have an electric or even a hybrid, but I barely go anywhere now that, you know, because I still, I'm still not commuting regularly. I basically drive back and forth to my kid's school, which is like less than a mile. Um, and occasionally slightly farther away for one thing or another, but it, you know, so I am like filling up my car maybe once a month, whereas right. it used to like when I was commuting, I'd be filling up at once least week. once a week, you know? Right. And, and so it, it feels very different. The, you know, and so, yeah, I, I filled up my tank uh, a few days ago and it was the first time in a long time. And I also happened to pick like apparently out of random stupidity, the most expensive the, gas station, the most around. expensive gas station. Yeah, within my, champ. my Ex- champ, my champ. 
<laughs> exactly. Like, because I looked at the price there and I was like, oh my God. And then I checked another gas station that was slightly down the road and it was almost a dollar a gallon less. And I'm like, what good. the hell? Good good work, Sam. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. So, but <laughs> but it's it's rare enough. And that's why people have also talked about, you know, hey, let's keep people working from home longer. It would help with this stuff, Well, that too. is something, by the way, that has always been in, ter- in times of, like, this kind of energy stuff or whatever that's always been incentivized. And I will guarantee you that a lot of people, you know, one way the demand drops is, you know, why all these substitutes. Substitutes doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, electric cars or whatever. More telecommuting, more carpooling, more uh, all this other stuff where it's just, you know, people just don't. Public transit. Public transit. It's just where people, we are very profligate with our energy use. Because it's been cheap. Yes. And like, you know, all the, uh, all the, the, the climate change scientists and stuff will tell you that it's cheap because all of the externalities in terms of the damage to environment aren't even included in the price. You know, it's the tragedy of the common stuff. And if you actually did, if you actually priced it according to the damage it's doing to the the planet, then uh, it would be a lot more expensive anyway. But because it's been dirt cheap, uh, you know, people don't think twice. Let's use it for this. Let's use it for that. Let's, let's get the big car, not the small car. Let's do, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And, and the, the, the pricing is the signal that helps you regulate that. And so if you've, if you've got artificially low prices because of, you know, you're, you're, you're not making the oil companies pay for the damage they do. You're in some cases, you're directly subsidizing the oil companies with, yes. with, uh, with government funds, et cetera. So you're producing an artificially low price and it puts everybody's use of that resource at a level that it wouldn't be otherwise. So, yeah. So anyway. shall we move on to uh, yes. the rest of Ukraine stuff? Okay, yes. we will be back right after this message. And for the rest of the show, we'll talk about the war in Ukraine. Alex and the Web. Dot com. Bang Alex and Dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school by day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is... A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A and dot com is period and then C-O-M. And we're back. And I I just want to say like that, that spot, he was eight or maybe no, seven. He was seven years old uh, when he recorded that spot. He's, He's 12, 12, 12 and a half now. And it's like, that was a little kid and now he's not anymore. And it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, he's still working on that damn channel and still posting videos from around the time that spot was recorded because he's doing them in order. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, Ukraine. You're still muted, Yvonne. You'd been doing so well. Fuck you. Jeez. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so just uh, let's start with the status of things. I mean, since we last talked, um, it seems like from the point of view of who's controlling what ground, uh, in Ukraine, 
the Russians may have made a little bit of forward progress, but not very much. I think they took one town and pushed forward in a couple other areas, but it's been extremely costly to them to do that. Right. Um, and, and meanwhile, they seem to have fully shifted from whatever strategy they started at the beginning to just, you know, let's hit all the civilian areas too and try to squeeze people out. And, uh, and, and that's well, where we are. Look, it's it, the, the initial strategy seemed uh, predicated on intimidation. Uh, we launch a few bombs, we send a whole bunch of troops across, and they'll just surrender. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work, okay? So then they tried to send in uh, paratroopers and commandos and some stuff and some operations. Well, a whole bunch of those got basically blown to bits and nothing happened and and then you know the ukrainians started getting well they had already a good stash of anti-tank weapons rpgs and stingers and so they got more and so they basically have been like nailing anything that moves that the russians have uh that they can get to uh and plus you know that 40 mile like convoy that we kept talking about basically just Never got there. It all stalled out, and it's well, like although there was news just a couple hours ago before we um, that that it, it it went off the road and it was like yeah. undercover a tree and apparently a big part of it massed in a city that's thirty miles north of Kiev recently. But basically, it didn't get what it seemed that it was trying to do. Right, and but they may be regrouping for something else now. And well, so. re- that regrouping. Look, the regrouping <laughs> was that I was seeing is that the, and David Petra- General Petraeus was talking about there's a whole bunch of videos is that all they were doing is like sitting around like sitting ducks and they kept getting hit from the air by, by, right. by drones and whatever. Now, it, it, you know, what this reminded me of was you remember back in the first Gulf War that the, there was an the, entire the convoy, of death the or highway, yes, that basically they were trying to move like this, and it seems like this is a copy of Russian tactics because you know the 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 Iraqis yeah. also used a lot of theirs, and um, you know they got blown to bits because well we've got air power you know that's overwhelming and basically just destroyed it, and unfortunately the Ukrainians don't have that because. If they did, this thing would be over at this mm-hmm. point because they would have been obliterated. If we had been involved, which is a reason why, look, it, it, we would have, it, this, this, this would have been over. I mean, this would have been over in like two days. It, it, that convoy would have been, every vehicle would have been obliterated. The, the Russians would have had barely any equipment left. But the assuming, problem is assuming no escalation of nukes. Go ahead. No, no I'm talking about just with taking that out of the equation. Yes, yes. But it's the reason why we can't do that. Because right. I, I look, I really fear what the reaction would be, which is like why there's no fly zone and whatever. Come on, guys. Look, no fly zone. This is like, I mean, look, it's like it's it's like playing you know one of these arcade games, you know, and the ducks don't shoot back. Okay. It's basically what it is. I mean, it, it, it's it, well, one, it's so- one thing. Let, let's talk no fly zones and a couple other of these things. Like the, you see so many people. And I think we mentioned last year, the division really seems to be generational. Like people who remember the Cold War and people who don't. But oh, the people boy. who don't remember the Cold War are, you know, talking about why are we acting so afraid? Let's just go in there. We can take them. What are they going to do? Right. And 
And, and, you know, they won't really use nukes. They're not going to do that. And, and look, let's say, I, I actually think that the most likely scenario in that kind of situation would be that before nukes actually started flying, somebody in Russia would think better of it, would take out Putin, would whatever, and, and we would avoid that. However, the thing with nuclear war It's is, a binary thing. Well, it's, I'm going to be risk averse, right? Like even if there's a 99% chance that everything's going to work out fine and it's not going to escalate to nukes and we'll just actually win and roll over the Russians and no problem at all. Even if that's a 99% chance, if there's a 1% chance that we're going to destroy it's all life, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to take that 1% chance. I, you know, and, maybe, I, and, and, and here, maybe not destroy all life on earth. Okay. I know. I know. Exactly. Say they launch 300 missiles and five get, and maybe, you know, because we've had a lot of, you know, weapons that we've deployed to try to stop missiles or whatever, but we probably couldn't stop any of that. We, we couldn't stop the sub base, uh, sub base ones. They'd get through, say, you know, one, you know, like that movie Crimson Tide from like 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Say one sub commander gets all these fucking missiles off his sub. You know what? 12 of those, you know, multiple, you know, I think they have like, I can't remember. I think they limited to three multiple impact reentry vehicles on yeah. those because they in the ABM, in the, not the ABM, the START Treaty. So, you know, they don't have like 10 or 15 like they used to. But still, you know, you got 10 nukes to get past, take out 10 big cities. I mean, you know, you're talking about a lot of, you're talking well, about a hundred million people dead. Yeah. I mean, don't, you don't even have to go there, right? Like just, just imagine a scenario. Let's say the U S says, okay, we're going to, we'll take out that convoy for you. And, and Putin says, you know, we just need to send a message to Washington to get the hell out. We're just going to pick one medium sized American city and drop right. one nuke on it. Like right. let's take Seattle. It's a nice right. medium-sized city. Let's just drop one bomb in the middle of it, you know, as a warning shot. Or it's, what about if they decide to go in the field and use tactical nukes? Right. That do, But, like, my point is, like, even if there's only a 1% chance of, like, losing a freaking way, city, way, I don't want to take that risk. No, exactly. That, 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 what, you know, we're talking about a nuclear war, war risk. And a and, 1% and so chance many people of nuclear that, war is way too binary. Yeah, there's so many people who seem to be like, ah, well, you know, let's roll the dice on this one. We'll probably win. Yes, we probably would win. Yes, we probably wouldn't have a nuclear war. But the the the, the sliver of a chance that there is the I, I saw one tweet, I think I retweeted a while back that is like the problem with these decision trees when you have nuclear powers involved is there's so many options where the cost benefit equation just quickly drops to negative infinity. Exactly. Even if it's a really small chance, it's so incredibly bad. You don't want to risk it. Right. Right. And, and, and like a lot of the, a lot of the folks who don't remember the Cold War, who don't remember the whole specter of mutually assured destruction over everybody, are seem to just be like, fuck it, we'll win. Well, of course, uh, Trump suggested uh, that he would solve the problem. Uh, he, he said that he would take our F-22 fighters, as we hadn't mentioned Trump, <laughs> and he would put uh, Chinese flags on them and then send them to attack... Uh, 
Russia, and then the Russians would get into a war with the Chinese, and then he was just going to stay out of it. Which, of course, he you know keeps forgetting that you know they both have nukes, right? so. I'm just like, what, what, you know, <laughs> not, you not, about just the, skip past the point that like painting like a star on the side of an American right. plane is suddenly going to, yeah, that they were going to say, oh yeah, that's definitely a Chinese plane, of course. Now oh, I, I think, but also Trump today apparently like upped what he was saying a little bit and oh, was boy. like, look, basically was like, look, if I was still president here, which I guess means maybe he's acknowledging he's not, but he, he he's saying like, if, if, if Putin's threatening nukes, I will threaten nukes right back and say, don't you even try talking about nukes. I'll take out fucking Moscow. Oh, great. I don't think he used those exact <laughs> words, but it was along those lines. Well, he also said that the whole problem with this was also windmills, but <laughs> Yes, of course. Wait a can, yes. can we move on beyond Trump? Okay. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, well, I will say that a number of people, uh, uh, the whole point was uh, a number of people who maybe aren't happy about a whole bunch of things that Biden has done were saying, oh my God, thank God that he's president right now in this situation. But, um, you know, but, but anyway, um, look, because the one thing, the one thing that's true that you can say about, he is to the point where, I'm I'm also very conservative, but I've also been like a little, maybe he's being a little bit too cautious, but he has been doing absolutely everything to try to not take the bait on any of the obvious escalations. Right. Now we've been supplying lots of weapons. We've been, it's not like we've been completely Look, hands off. Doing, we are doing the standard substandard proxy war. Mm -hmm. Basically right now. Uh, you know, but right now, uh, it's a, for for instance, there's this whole thing about whether or not the transfer of the MIGs from Poland to U, the Ukraine, and uh, well, we talked about listen, this. Re we, 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 listen, listen, listen. The damn Poles yeah. were scared of the Russians too, so they yeah. said, "Hey, you give them to you, U.S., and you give them to Ukraine," and we're like, "No." <laughs> exactly, and and and, and it, so it turns out that like. You know, it, it, originally it, it it was it was sounding like when we talked about this last week that you know it was the Eastern Europeans who got nervous based on you know the threat from uh, Russia saying they would consider right. that direct engagement. Now it's looking like yeah, the Americans were didn't really buy onto this either and weren't really willing to take that risk, and that this deal was actually squashed by Biden. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was uh, like, he, he, and I mean, Biden, like not just Biden administration, because apparently Blinken was on board with potentially doing this and made some statements to that effect. And Biden was like, no, this, this isn't happening. Look, I, I the way and specifically that it was the form that they're talking about it, right the now, way that it was presented, it was just I, I mean, I'm with Biden. That was no, no way. Well, one of the things there is they, they were talking about the logistics of actually transferring the damn things, right? Well, right. You know, like, are you going to have American pilots deliver them to Ukraine? No. Listen, if, if the damn, listen, if, if the, if the Poles wanted to give them to the you damn Ukrainians, what they should have done is grab a fucking bus with the damn freaking <laughs> pilots from the Ukraine that were going to fly them, drive them up to fucking, you, you know, Poland, get them on the fucking planes and have them fly them in. That's or, it. Or even better. 
stick the planes on a damn truck and drive them across the border. Which you then could, that, that too. Yes. You could do either of those two. Yes. Now, honestly, I don't know that this saga is over yet because there's still mounting pressure on this and they might be trying something sneaky like that. Like, you know, everybody's denying it's going to happen and saying it and then suddenly they show up. You know, yes, it, but but it couldn't have been in the overt way that uh, that uh, that that the the polls had put out there. Um, right. And, and I look, there is you got to remember for Putin, it is this isn't just about actual things happening. It's also about what image he reflects. Yes. OK, so look, it, 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 it's. It, the image of it, it also matters, believe it or not, even to Putin himself. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I, I think that uh, avoiding doing this in a way that uh, eliminates the avenues to Putin to claim victory, because that's something else that's been coming up right now, mm -hmm. where basically... Um, a number of people have been saying is based on where the situation is right now, the guess is that Putin at some point will redefine whatever the fuck victory means. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of people comparing this to the winter war between Russia and Finland. Uh, I, I forget is uh, early it's, 19 uh, it, 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 near the beginning a, of world war two. Yes. Right. 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so basically what ended up happening there is Russia tried to invade Finland the the Finns successfully kept them at bay and ended up extracting a huge cost on the Russians. The Russians were able to make a lot of progress into Finland, but at a much greater cost than they anticipated. Sound familiar, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And in the end, after about three months, they ended up passing a peace treaty, which basically said, okay, we're done with this. But Finland did give up, give up some territory to Russia as part of the exchange to stop the war. Right. Okay. And they, they, they did remain neutral. Okay. To this yes. day. And they remained neutral and they gave up some territory. So you could, and of course the Ukrainians are currently saying they would never consider anything like this, but you could potentially see an outcome here that let, um, let Russia keep Crimea, let Russia keep sort of those Eastern provinces of Ukraine uh, committed Ukraine to stay neutral. Well, and then I we're said, of course, the I thing is that that's basically also... giving Putin almost everything he wants. Not everything. Well, no, he not wants... everything, not everything, but, but you know, uh, it, it, it really, because it gives it, him a lot. You, it gives him it, enough it, to it, save face for sure. It, yeah, exactly. Because what, what Putin, listen, Putin's biggest reason to do this was to install a regime that he could basically was his puppet. Okay. Right. And, and he wouldn't get and, that and, in that scenario. And he, would, but. he would not get that in, in, in that scenario and basically have the enmity of the Ukrainians that they would never cooperate with him on anything. So therefore, it, it really, it, that is a big loss because his big thing was having that influence. But if, and, he, but it, but if he got those those particular territories, he could, it's a same recognized, that's, that's what, that and, is, you know, and you, and you had Ukraine officially renounce the idea that they were ever going to want to be in NATO or the right. EU, uh, because right now it's actually in the Ukrainian constitution that they want to join, join these institutions. Um, right. but if you had them renounce that, then you, you sort of at least take, 
the nominal thorn that Putin has said was his reason for all this, and you take it out. I mean, a lot of people, even pre-war, were saying, come on, you're not going to be in NATO anyway, Ukraine. Why don't you just say we're not going to be in NATO and and at least take away the excuse? uh, Listen, there were were a couple of reasons. One is they didn't want to do it at the point of a gun. Second thing is that they didn't think that Ukraine, that that they, I I am 100% They didn't think Russia was actually going to do it. They didn't think Russia was actually going to do it. They they just did not. And we didn't either. For the last minute. We did our when we did our annual prediction show. We both agreed that well, there'd be a lot of noise and no, no, some no, 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 no. stuff, yeah, but yeah, nothing yeah, but over. Listen, but 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 look. In February, you and I thought it was going to happen. We believed. Yeah, yeah. The I'm just saying. In, in December, I, we I didn't. But, but, yeah. but I'm saying that in in February, the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians still the, thought. Yeah, the Ukrainians thought it wasn't going to happen until the moment it did. Correct. Yes. And so. Um, you know, and I think that's the that's the big thing about this. Um, and, but I don't think that right now. And the problem is that I understand the situation the Ukrainians are is that uh, Lavrov went today and they had some talks and basically said uh, uh, one of the demands that he had was surrender. And the Ukrainians <laughs> are like, "Fuck you." Yes. I keep wondering if they actually, like, it would be so beautiful if at one of these meetings they actually just said, go fuck yourself, you know, but I know diplomacy, blah, 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 but it would be nice to think they actually said that. But, you know, part, part of the picture too, is the Ukrainians right now still have hope that they can get a different outcome. They, the, the, the other outcome may not be that the Ukrainians actually physically drive out the Russians from Ukraine. That's probably beyond what they think they can do. But if they can maintain the level of cost to the Russians that they have been so far and have the massive numbers of casualties, the huge amount of equipment loss, the economic stuff going on worldwide, they have the hope that if if they can maintain that, then at some point... Putin's ability to actually keep this going is going to fail because the people around him will not tolerate any more of it. And he will either be, you know, you'll either get the Marco Rubio solution for Putin or he'll be forced to step down or at least forced to back down. And that, you know, you could Rubio wasn't a Lindsey Graham. Oh, you're right. Didn't Rubio do it too? You're right. Lindsey Graham though. Um, uh, Rubio has been saying lots of crazy shit too, but well, you know, Rubio's an idiot, but whatever, but, but yes, uh, you know, so the, the Ukrainians at this point hope that they can run the kind of war where even if the Russians are continuing to relentlessly, slowly, but surely make progress, it's at such a huge cost that like you've been saying for weeks, Yvonne, they just can't sustain it. And eventually it'll fall apart on its own. That's... And, that, and that's the problem. And the, the, the problem that I, why I say 90 days is because you're talking about spare parts, repairs, supplies, and how much equipment that they can really put into this and afford to continue to put into it. Okay. And at the rate of attrition and loss that they are sustaining, I don't see how they can go past 90 days. I mean, it's just, there's just, you know, the Ukrainians are getting resupplied and the Russians in terms of being able to Hell, we were just talking about right now that it could be like within 30 days, you know, airline travel in in, in Russia may be paralyzed. Because they can't get the spare parts they need because even the domestically produced aircraft use international engines and spare parts. 
right? And so, you know, you you know, that's a you know, they get to a situation as time elapses that they just cannot sustain this, okay? Um, and you know, Putin right now has resorted to, well, we're gonna pound the cities to rubble. And I keep going, I wonder how many of these shells does he have? Because I don't think he's also got unlimited supply of these, and he's spending a ton of them. Well, they've okay. said that, and and we don't know the numbers on shells and other stuff, but it, just in terms of the equipment and personnel that was pre-positioned prior to this invasion, the latest uh, estimate I saw was that- 100% 90, was all committed. What, was uh, it 100? I, I heard 95. I heard 100%. It 100? Today, it, I heard 100%. And, it's and all so, committed. Now, do they have others elsewhere that they could potentially bring in? Sure, of course. I I, I think I read, uh, and but maybe took, you have a better took, better number it took here. A long it was, time. It took a long time to get them there, but also it was something like one third of Russia's entire armed forces was what they had prepositioned there, or something like that. Yeah, and so, so it's, it's crazy. I mean, if you lose yeah, one, if you lose one third of your equipment, I mean, how much more? I mean, can you really? Although, although in terms you know, of in terms of what's been lost so far, they've estimated in terms of equipment lost uh, of that group that went into Russia that we were just talking about, uh, actually taken out by the Ukrainians, maybe about 10% at this point. And that's in two weeks. But that's in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I mean, that's what I say. You go 90 days at this rate. Okay. You're talking, there are basically down to barely anything. Well, but you say at this rate, but presumably if the Russians are able to continue like squeezing the vice that but, the but, Ukrainians but may not be able to keep it, up that range. The, the, well, here's the thing. I, I, you see, the problem is that one of the things that's been very evident is that the Russian spare parts supply lines are terrible. Okay. <laughs> yes. These uh, things are going to keep breaking down. I, I keep seeing things from like military experts saying we clearly drastically overestimated the capacity of the Russians. Like they are like failing at everything. Yes. Okay. I, I, and, and, you know, I was always like a great believer in that as a reality, but so many experts kept saying the di different. And I'm just like, I mean, they have never shown this ability. Never, ever. And, and so, I, okay. I get that they've modernized and invested and believe it, but they've never shown this ability. But okay, but get to this point right now when that's what they have shown. You know, like I've said, the Ukrainians are getting basically fresh, you know, weapons from us, okay, to be able to resupply through, you know, well, through the West. Well, and, not, know, all, and, not, and not only and, that, and, I saw I saw one estimate from one of these open source people that I follow on a, a list on Twitter uh, saying that they think we're very close to the Ukrainians having more tanks now than they did at the beginning of this because of captured Russian equipment that they are now making use of themselves. Yeah. Well, I don't know a lot. Of, uh, well, I, hopefully it's useful. Now, now, but, but, now to yeah. be clear, we talked last week about the, the information environment asymmetry as well. And that's another thing that people have been cautioning on is that we are hearing almost all in the West the spin from the Ukrainians, which is undoubtedly more optimistic than reality, just like the Russian spin is like 
crazy in the other direction. The the Ukrainians are very oh, no, intentionally I, I, I'm building sure a certain oh, no, view. I, I'm of sure this. they are, but but you know, look, but we have intelligence, satellite, and other information that also validates a lot of this. A lot of the military experts have been looking at this information, and you know, look, I, I, it's it's all coinciding in terms of what is happening right now. Now, I'm sure that they're exaggerating some of their exploits. Yes, of course, because you know, I mean, but. Right. I would do at this point. But look, when you think about what happened with this convoy, the convoy that never made it. Okay. I mean, for the most part, they're stuck 30 miles north of Kiev. I mean, yeah. And, and just, just to be clear, the, the, the way that the battle has been going across the country is they've been stalled out in the north. The Russians have been stalled out in the north, but have been but making progress a, in the south. In the east. In the south. South and, and east. east. Yes. South and east. But it's but that's but think about it. That's the area that they had already taken over, where they yes. obviously were much better positioned in order to be able to go into Ukraine. Um, I, I just look. I want this to end because you'd like people not to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to keep seeing you know dead families and people on the damn road. And the thing is that you know. Putin is like right now, even though it's not going anywhere nearly as well as he wanted, is is completely decided and just exacting revenge on the Ukrainians right now and just punishing them by by just, you know, lobbing bombs at them. On the flip side, and, and I understand the Ukrainians that, I mean, right now they are, I mean, they, they are, I mean, they don't want to give up. They don't want to mm-hmm. give in to this asshole. And I get that, um, you know, and I, and honestly, you know, the problem is that giving up to, to him is opening a regime where, you know, God knows how many other people are going to get murdered. Well, and frankly, even the sort of quote unquote compromise I mentioned before that says, okay, take the East, you know, and we'll be neutral. Just leave us alone. That that's also, that is conceding a lot. I mean, I, like, like, but like you said, like with Finland, it may be conceding a lot, but hey, Finland is not so bad, right? Okay, you know, I mean, come on, Finland's actually. I, I, I had a whole bunch of friends in Finland. Finland's pretty cool, although they're talking about joining NATO now. Oh well, gee whiz, I wonder why. But anyway, um, you know, I, I, I do think, um, I, I just really hope. Uh, I mean, I would hope that this could be over sooner, but but look, Putin is just hell bent on punishing the Ukrainians as much as he can right now, period. And that's why he shifted his strategy. They didn't give up. Okay, great. So I'm just going to indiscriminately fire my weapons into cities and, you know, kill as many people as I can, even if it, it provides me no tactical advantage whatsoever. So... Yeah, I mean, it it does theoretically, I guess, weaken up those cities and eventually make them easier to take long down the road after a long siege. He's done the same kind of thing in Syria. Well, but let me. But but look, that's a bad comparison because let's be clear about this. You had both the, you know, the Syrian president with his military basically (laughs) wanted his help. They were doing this together, so. And they basically took on a whole bunch of basically, you know, defenseless civilians and just slaughtered them. Those civilians didn't have like javelin, you know, javelins and stingers. Okay. 
I mean, they were just completely defenseless. Right. Yes. You know, they slaughtered everybody in Aleppo. You know, Jesus. Yes. You destroyed a whole city and fucking annihilated a whole bunch of unarmed civilians. Wow. Gee, what a display of your prowess. So, so just a, 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 a couple other things I want to make sure that we hit. Um, one is, you know, we, we talked about sort of, well, the, what the Ukrainians are hoping for is eventually the pressure on Putin becomes enough that he has to change course. Uh, what Since last week, what's the status of sort of the economic vice that's been put around Russia? Because there was a lot that had already happened last week, but there's been more since then. How, how's that all looking, Yvonne? I mean, look, in terms of pressure on the Russian economy, it's 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 very substantial at the moment. Uh, you've got a massive devaluation. I mean, the Russian stock market, I think it's barely open like right now. Oh, it finally uh, opened again? I think they did some very short uh, uh, sessions. Um, but, uh, but look, um, short term, they... Um, they had, um, well, actually, no, that didn't open and it's not going to open tomorrow again. I just checked. Okay. So their stock market is, is it even, they extend, I thought they said they were going to open, but no, no, it's, it's going to stay open. But it's there are more and more open. businesses pulling out, as more we mentioned, the spare pulling out. scenario. They, 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 a lot of the things that, you know, stores still had stuff in them, like right now. But I don't think that any shortages of stuff is going to take, you know, some time for whatever was in the supply chain to work through. And then people start, you know, seeing the impact of some of the stuff. They've seen the impact in terms of their money. They've seen the impact in terms of uh, foreign assets seized to a lot of the oligarchs. I mean, what are the things that they've been chasing right now? I mean, they've caught they, they have seized a whole bunch of mega yachts that were owned by uh Russian oligarchs and the Italians think and, and specific, spe- very... wait, spe- specifically to be clear, they're concentrating on oligarchs who are known to be close to Putin. Right. They, they made a list specifically that they targeted to, to, to take the assets of those. Um, there is this one specific yacht uh, that is in <laughs> Italy. Okay. That is, well, people believe it's Putin's yacht. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, because the ownership has been so secretive and anytime it shows up at a port, basically they even cover the name. The crew <laughs> is 80% Russian. Uh, it, it, it's, it, but, but, you know, nobody know and there of all the, th- this is, there's a, there's about 15 mega yachts that are over 400 feet. This is the only one that we don't know who the owner is. Hmm. Okay, and you know the Italians right now actually uh, blocked it from leaving port and demanded proof of ownership. Okay, uh, the captain and everybody on the ship—they uh, have all said that they have been—they uh, have had to sign non-disclosure agreements. I mean, to mm-hmm. work on this boat. Um, so we're trying to figure it out, but th- this is a. This 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 is a yacht with two helipads, not one, <laughs> two. Okay, 
that we can't figure out who the hell the damn owner is. I, I can't imagine you know, Putin spends a lot of time like yachting around the world. You know what? That apparently he does. I saw a whole bunch of pictures of him that were as I was looking at this of him standing in some yachts in the Black Sea. And one of the reasons why people suspect about this yacht is because of the range, because of the helipads, because, hey, you know what? You want the damn thing to get into port and not be discovered? Oh, how about a yacht with like some long range helicopters where he could just hop in and out and nobody would be the wiser to see that he was on the, on it. Right. Hmm. I don't know. It, it's, listen, they're, they, the, the Italians are trying, they said that, th- that maybe this week we'll find out if this is uh, Putin's uh, mega yacht. But, they, but, they, but everybody keeps, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, for years, I've been saying it's Putin's yacht. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll find out. I, I think that this next next few days, um, uh, the name of the yacht is called the plus the name Sheher Sheherazad. right? Yes. Who's I mean, this thing famous. What? She's a spy, right? Famous spy. <laughs> Uh, I believe it's, uh, is a major female character in the storytelling, a frame narrative of the Middle Eastern collection of tales known as the 1001 Nights. All right. She's the one who tells the stories. Yes. Okay. So, so there you not go. Not quite a spy. She tells the stories in order to stay alive. Right. So, uh, I mean, there, there was a, it, it's in Tuscany right now. There's a big, a New York times article about this. Uh, I'm going to share on our Slack. It's a, a 459 foot. Mystery, mystery in a Tuscan port. Is it a Russian super yacht? As European authorities go after luxury assets of oligarchs close to Vladimir Putin, a super yacht cloaked in secrecy has come under investigation. And, you know, yeah. I mean, this thing, I mean, this thing's incredible. It, it, it might even cost more than your watch. It, it, I'm sure that my watch <laughs> couldn't even fill, you know, like the, te- the it couldn't fill the dinghy's fuel tank. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, not even the dinghy fuel tank could be filled with the cost of my watch. And your computer combined. Right, right, right. You know? So uh yeah. So anyway, so uh I don't know. It, 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 this will be interesting if we really figure out that this is but, Putin's yacht. But your name's Yvonne. You should be able to get us on there for a ride, right? Because <sighs> you're you're Russian, right? Yeah, of course. That that yes, of course. You know, one thing this week that uh, that also came out of the news is that a WNBA basketball player, uh, uh, the Russians apparently three weeks ago, uh, basically uh, tossed her in jail. Yes. Uh, she had been working there for many years and uh, with no explanation. And the Russians are the ones that uh, made it public. The fact that she had she was put in jail. Um, I noticed that there's a number of people that this has happened to. And I keep like having like. I'm like, you know, thinking is like, what the fuck did I do to go over there? Oh yeah. Your trip over there. <laughs> you, you didn't encounter any difficulties, right? I did not. But, but, um, look, they, 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 she was taken hostage. This is very clearly not having to do anything with, with crime or anything, whatever. She had been working for a basketball team in the, in Russia for five years. Apparently WNBA's mo- most lucrative place for women 
uh, NBA players is in uh, Russia. And because the WNBA doesn't play that well uh, in the U.S., she has been going there. Doesn't pay that well. Um, She had been, you know, working there. And she had been going over there, like, for, you know, five, six years. Not without any problems. And then all of a sudden, she just got grabbed and tossed in jail. And then the Russians went and announced it that she was in jail. Well, to be fair, it's been several years since you were there, and the tension level has increased a bit in the meantime. Listen, into, there is somebody else that uh, Biden this year. There was in 2019. There was a there was a guy who was an ex soldier. It was a soldier that went and also has been held there, and that yeah. Biden spoke to the family this week. Uh, so it wasn't that far off, okay? And I will tell you that look, we've had these tensions that have been like going, and I I, I just. I don't know. I, I just look that deal that I was related to that, well, that I inherited. Okay. Um, was with people who were close to Putin. Number mm-hmm. one. I mean, I do this because he had all these pictures with Putin in his office. Right. Okay. And the customers were Russian government entities. Mm-hmm. Like the Bolshoi ballet. That kind of stuff. It, uh, look, the, the the thing that all the actions that he has taken, especially when he's taken people or prisoner, it's just he's taken people of something that could get some attention to show force in order to extract some kind of concession or something. Hmm. So. Anyway, j- and just to be clear, by the way, Ivan is not actually Russian. Like and I'm, I'm making not, a joke. I'm not going, and I'm not going back until Putin's dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like, I liked it. By the way, Mo- Moscow was nice. I mean, I must admit, but you know, too uh, cold. Uh, you, not the weather. Okay, the weather I, sucks. Next time, if I go there, I'll go in July. Okay, okay. Never again in December. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Ivan is proudly Puerto Rican, not Russian. He just, for some reason, has a Russian name. Because my parents ran out of names. <laughs> they gave the first two. I was the, I was number four. I was the oops. So they first gave the first two to family names, Manuel and Carmen. And uh-huh. then, you know, number three came along and they named my brother Eric. And I don't know, I guess they were on a kick of four-letter names. So they gave me Ivan. There you go. Well, with, with that, I think we've run out of steam, Yvonne. Unless yeah, we've some... run out of steam. Yeah. Now, so that no, not not nothing else that is like sparking your brain that you need to make sure you get out there. As with last week, there was I, you at know, least I will one. Tell you, yeah, what, there yeah, was one thing, one, one thing, thing that go, I was go. thinking about. Uh, that was thinking about as a scenario that also scare me. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, nuclear scenarios and other stuff or whatever. What would Putin's reaction be? If, uh, say, uh, some Ukrainians uh, infiltrated, uh, you know, Russia and placed some bombs in some major cities in mm. in Russia. Here's the thing. Mm. I think the Ukrainians know that would just backfire on them. You know, now there, there may be some justification for if the Ukrainians could, like, for instance, a lot of the the missiles apparently going into Ukraine are coming from Belarus. Right. If the Ukrainians had a shot at taking out some of those things at the source in Belarus or in Russia, 
I could see them taking out the military right. targets. That would, yeah, t- go and go and go and, and like ambush a military base, something like that. Exactly. Right. I, I could yeah. see them doing that, and that would clearly like be an escalation, just because they would be going on the offensive. Right. Um, but I I think the Ukrainians. No, yeah, they're not that... going to go. They're not going to do something like go after civilians. If they if they're going to do something, yes. they will do like I remember, like, you know, back in Puerto Rico, we had the Macheteros. Uh, that was a Puerto Rican uh, separatist group, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. independence for Puerto Rico went into a, a U.S. Air Force base uh, and placed bombs at seven airplanes and just, you know, you know, uh, destroyed them, uh, at, you know, on the tarmac. OK, mm-hmm. Um you know, I can see how that would be something that would be very effective. Now, I'm not sure the Ukrainians have that capability right now, but if they did, I could see them doing that kind of stuff. But they know right now, world opinion is 100% on their side. Yeah, with yeah, the exce- yeah. But I, with the exception of like two or three countries that are like backing. Even like, even like today, the Chinese started calling it a war. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So like the Ukrainians are not going to do anything to yeah, jeopardize not, that. Right. Which, that, which that would do it, but you know, going, going into a city and putting a bomb, but going in and going and like hitting a military base that's across the border. That's like raining you with missiles. Act- yeah. Yeah. Nobody, no, nobody would bat an eyelid about that. Right. Well, except the Russians, they would use that except as an Russians. excuse to escalate further. Yeah, well, and, and and when I say escalate, I don't mean send escalate. in another like ten thousand like cannon fodder conscript troops. I mean like bigger bombs on more civilian targets. You know that kind of thing. Um, anyway, I, I think we're done as usual. There was at least one thing, like I mentioned last week. Sort of, we talked about getting old and stuff. There was at least one thing that at some point in this last segment, I was like, "Ooh, ooh, I want to mention that." And then by Which the time is- there was an opportunity, I'd completely forgotten what it was. But hey, well, that's that's because that's how you're things 50. go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the stuff at the end, uh, you can go to curmudgeons-corner.com uh, to find out everything about the show all of the ways to contact us are there the archive of the shows the the old shows are there i have to get back to like uh, if you go back more than a couple years the descriptions are sort of screwed up a little bit on that website and i was slowly fixing them when i first brought up the website but i haven't done that in a while i should get back to that like one or two a week or something yeah anyway anyway the site's there it has all the ways to contact us it has the archive of all the old shows all that fun stuff. It even has a graph of our approximate, you know, the number of downloads per week we get roughly. Um, it's not audited or anything. It's just my own like best sh- filtering of the log files to remove obvious robots. That's it. Um, but wow, anyway, yeah. anyway, all that stuff is there. Um, and also there is a link to our Patreon, which is where you can uh, contribute a little money to the show. We always appreciate that. Every once in a while, we spend it on better equipment or uh, or whatever. Or actually, I'm I'm now using it for the uh, the the software I'm using now, which has a monthly subscription instead of being ah. a one time purchase. So yeah. So anyway, you know the the Patreon helps us out. It does. So uh, you can donate some money there at various levels. You'll get us mentioning you on the show, uh, a postcard, a mug, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but very importantly, at $2 a month or more, or if you contact us in any of the other ways and just ask nicely, 
we will invite you to our Curmudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and a variety of listeners uh, throughout the week are sharing our Wordle scores. Um, yes. And also, it, you know, talking about the news of the week and chatting. So, Yvonne, what are a few things we mentioned on the Slack this week that we have not mentioned on the show? Uh, Emilio Delgado of Sesame Street, uh, Louise for more than 40 years has died. So that was one thing. Age 81. Yeah. After a illness, not COVID. Yeah. Uh, that we, uh, somebody found the shipwreck from the historic Shackleton expedition yep. found after 107 years, the endurance. Okay. Uh, in a brilliant state of preservation. So yeah, I, I I don't know if you saw the video of it. If anybody has not seen the video of it, it is really cool. It's in better shape than the Titanic was. Uh, and and like if you've seen the pictures of the Titanic, but they have their little their little sub or whatever go over the back of it and you can read the name on the back of the ship and it looks like it sunk yesterday and you can see the little like wheel thing for steering the damn thing. It's like all right there. It's like very, very well preserved. And so it's, it's really cool. Yep. It's very cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? What else? We shared some stuff about international women's day. Uh, I also shared a clip of Shaquille O'Neal giving some money-saving tips on how to save gas, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, which uh, just was ridiculous uh, discussion. Uh, just, just you. If you guys have not watched this, there is a clip out there on Twitter. You have to look up Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, well, now that gas know, prices are so high, Yvonne, I'm going to have to start taking his advice. Yes, you're going to stake his advice. Just, yeah, you know, I have to. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, so you guys need to, you haven't listened to the advice. You need to listen to this advice. This is the, one of the most hilarious clips that I've watched on TV in a long time. Uh, uh, you know, uh, also, I, uh, uh, I I think I, I shared a clip of how I forgot about how Kramer and Seinfeld um, uh, learned the mistake of underestimating Ukraine. Hmm. That was important. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see. As you can see, we've been passing like critical information. Um, uh, we we shared a story about Pelosi uh, rushing to salvage 1.5 trillion spending package, which actually passed. Yeah, just uh, like while was it while we were talking or right before we started? It was it was before we talked. It was before. yeah. Uh, we also uh, uh, you know, we talked a little about Trump. Uh, apparently, Trump is flying some Mickey Mouse uh, airplane that he had to borrow from somebody, and uh, it uh, the engine failed. Unfortunately, it landed safely. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know, the crew could have jumped out in a parachute. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Is that about uh, it? Uh, there was also a pretty cool chart of gas prices in the U.S., inflation adjusted going back to 1918 that Bruce oh, okay. shared. Nice. Uh, th that chart was very cool. And it showed that basically, uh, I mean, back in the early 1900s, uh, you know, we had... The peaks were like really like 81, 1800s, 2008, 2012, um, you know, around there. 2012 was the recent peak in the last uh, 20 years. And if you look at, you know, I was mentioning about car sales. That was the peak year for small car sales by GM in the United States. Okay. Very nice. So there you go. Yep. So there you have it. And with that, hey, everybody, have a great week. Stay safe. We have not talked about COVID at all in like a couple of weeks. 
Uh, it's still out there, but still getting better really fast. Although I noticed worldwide cases has started to go slightly up again, but you know, slightly we'll see how it goes, you know? Uh, but, uh, and I'm sure we will talk about COVID again before it's over, but in the meantime, everybody have a great week, stay safe, have fun. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. We're out of here. Later.